Welcome to the Dissolving Fear Podcast, where I drop new episodes every Monday because even though fear is a normal part of being alive, it doesn't run our lives. Stress doesn't run the show. You do. I actually had a crazy Monday today. My day started at 2 a.m. when my 10-year-old son woke up sick in the middle of the night. He was so sick, I took the day off work. And then when we headed outside to drive to the doctor's, a bear had attacked my trash can and thrown garbage all over my driveway. So today, more than usual, I'm committing to using my fear-dissolving and stress-dissolving practices and tools. And I want to continue to act on my talents and desires rather than just give up because my anxiety and stress feels too big to handle right now. And that right there, you guys, is why I do this podcast, because I don't want you to give into your fear. I don't want you to give up. It kind of just builds up on itself. I'm a single mom. I have to call in sick. My child is really sick. The trash is everywhere. I mean, I get stressed out quite easily. You know, I'm like a certified yoga teacher and I coach kids all day long on self-regulation and emotional coaching and I still have high anxiety. So I'm not always ragging on fear though. Um, I don't want you to learn the hard way. I don't want you to give up and succumb to a lot of fear-based thoughts and actions because I know that my fear-based thoughts and actions really drag me down to places I don't really need to stay in. Um, But I'm not always anti-fear. Actually, today I'm giving fear a pat on the back and I'm talking about relationship red flags and things we should be a little bit fearful of when we see them waving when we see these red flags waving above a potential partner. So fear can be useful in certain situations. You see a bear and you run from it before it can attack you and attack your trash. You see a car driving erratically and you avoid the car. Your heart is beating out of your chest. It's racing. Maybe you're on a date And your date has obvious and serious red flags waving. In all three of those situations, I'd thank my fear for giving me caution before I get into a bad situation. So I'm not completely anti-fear. I actually often show a lot of gratitude for my fear. I say, thank you, fear, for showing me what's important to me. Thank you, fear, for showing me what I don't want. Thank you, fear, for giving me direction in the form of a gut feeling or intuition. And today, we're actually talking about how fear protects us in relationships, because usually when we see red flags or feel them in our gut, we know danger is ahead in a relationship. So we'll move on to that lighthearted, entertaining interview that I've recorded for you for today about relationship red flags. So we'll move on to that interview in just one second. Here's what I want to say about fear. Fear becomes an obstacle for us 
when in modern life, most of our fear isn't physical because of a bear or a car or a predator. Most of our fear today in the modern world is mental fear. And that's where fear can really build up and become an obstacle for us. Because mental fear, unlike physical stressors, can stick around forever. Mental fear and stress sticks around for us as long as we allow it to. And we don't tend to naturally dissolve our fear. We tend to hold on tight to our mental fears, our fear of rejection, our fear of pain. Those of us who've had trauma, and I'll talk about that later in this year and next year, those of us who've had trauma and who have experienced abandonment and pain, we never want to experience it again. We want protection from pain and rejection. So this podcast will talk about trauma, adverse childhood experiences, and ways to dissolve fear and evolve to our highest potential, even if we do have solid reasons and solid stories that support living in this ongoing mental fear. So even if you've had experiences and you have current circumstances that reinforce your mental fear, you can dissolve that fear. So there's so much coming up this year and next year, and I'm so excited to spend every Monday with you talking about it. For today, let's talk about some red flags. Relationship red flags. Today, we're not really focusing on relationship fears, like fear of rejection, or a tendency to sabotage relationships out of a fear of rejection. We're not really talking about fear. We will save those topics for another time. Today is a more playful and empowering episode. We're talking about reasons to ditch a partner or ditch a first date. We're talking about red flags that warn us not to get into a relationship in the first place. When we recognize and understand red flags, we can see them easily in a potential partner and avoid unpleasant, difficult, and even dangerous relationship dynamics. So let's get this party started. Welcome to the Dissolving Fear podcast with Miss Alyssa. This Monday, today, I'm talking with my friend Jason about relationships and relationship red flags from a dude's perspective. I try my hardest to cut ties with potential partners as soon as I see red flags because I really do believe that red flags that you ignore at the beginning of a relationship will be the reasons you leave later. Jason, what do you have? What do you think about all of this? Well, I, uh, hi everybody. <laughs> I, uh, when I think of red flags initially from a guy's perspective, I, I remember that movie Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Wayne's World, party time. Excellent. Excellent. And she's like, if you're not careful, Wayne, you're going to lose me. As if I lost you three months ago. Are you mental? <laughs> no. Uh, anyways, there's a lot of red flags and that's, uh, that, that's pretty much signified in that movie. But, um, I mean, it just depends, uh, you know, we all, I feel like we all learn 
about ourselves in, in uh, relationships and about our partners. And um, as time goes on, you either um, learn to accept, you know, your partner's, um, uh, you learn to accept your partner for who they are mm-hmm. and not try to, you know, not try to change them for yeah. what you want them to be. Um, and so in the process of learning about them, um, you also, you, you, you remember your red flags, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. from previous relationships and, um, the red flags almost become like a flashback. Yes, correct. And in this episode, hopefully it will help you think about yourself right now. Think about a partner that you're with and contemplate how everything's going for you in that relationship and what you want and what you don't want um, in a romantic relationship. And a lot of times what we don't want shows us what we really desire and what we're really after. So let's talk about those red flags. Here we go. So, Jason, I experienced red flags firsthand, and I'm sure you have too. And that's what we're talking about on this episode. Um, And I really do believe that when you ignore red flags at the beginning of the relationship, they become the reason you leave at the end. In one relationship I had, I was dating a fellow, and he called his sister-in-law a bitch. And it caused a huge fight, and I was really shocked. But then... Years later, that's the reason I left him, because he ended up calling his own mother a bitch. And so I think I learned from that relationship that red flags aren't pretty little decorations to admire, and also red flags they tell you about a person. If you're feeling fear in your gut that a person isn't right to you and right for you, give that fear a shout out and thank it for steering you away from someone not meant for you. I think, uh, I like to, um, I like to approach trepidation head on. So if I'm wondering about something or something, um, creates concern for me, mm-hmm. I will pull the bandaid off and I will figure out how to diplomatically and sensitively, uh, approach that person and be like, Hey, what's up with this? Mm-hmm. You know, and there are a lot of this is and that's, but you know, everybody, you have your isms and so does your potential partner or partners, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's about trying to be patient with them at the same time. Um, hopefully that they're patient with you. Mm-hmm. And if they can't, if they can't show patience or they, or they're, um, you know, they deny, mm-hmm. you know, anything that you bring to their attention or they try to gaslight you and try to turn it around and put it back on you somehow, mm-hmm. you know, that's definitely a red flag, <laughs> I would say. Uh, and it's not going to get better. Yeah. If they're doing it early on, then it's a pretty good indicator, I think. That those are going to be the relationship dynamics. Yeah, for sure. You know? And like like I said, everybody has their isms. And like, I mean, I'm by no means perfect. And uh, it's been this great journey trying to be the best me. Mm -hmm. And um, I've done some pretty messed up things too in my in previous relationships, not necessarily knowing that it's messed up. Mm -hmm. And I've learned about those things. And you're, if you're not, changing your behavior, you're not learning. 
you know? Yeah. So, some people are blind to their own behavior and some people are self-aware, but they do not want to change. Right. Yeah. Or they, they're in denial, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a huge, that's also another red flag too. So it's like, <laughs> um, and believe me, I, we've all been there. We've had denials where somebody's brought something to your attention maybe. And you're just like, no way I don't do that, you know, or I haven't done that or this, that, and the other, but sometimes it might take a few times for it to stick to be like, realize, well, shoot, that's three people that have said that or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I feel like, um, it's been this great journey, um, to find the right partner, you know, and, um, nothing, nothing is going to be perfect. Even if you find the right partner, nothing's Mm -hmm. perfect. Um, but, I, I think the right partner for me and, uh, is right now has the least amount of red flags that I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's um, smooth sailing. Yeah. You just have like a couple of white flags on your sailboat. Yeah. It's been, it's <laughs> been fun and uh, it's been a very rewarding experience and it really hasn't been hard. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when things are hard all the time mm-hmm. and you know what they are. The red flag kind of is a caution sign trouble ahead struggle ahead right and sometimes we're just blind you know what i mean and we just like we don't want to see it because we want we're super hopeful Mm -hmm. or we think this is the person and we just kind of look past those and then we end up getting bit in the end and then the more we look past it the more and more we just keep looking past it because we've invested more time in this person mm-hmm. now. Exactly. And we are more attached to this I can make dream. It work. Yeah. yeah. I can make it work. It's gotta be me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's gotta be, maybe it's me, not them, you know? So really it's both people have to be on this journey to, uh, of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think it's important to, you know, to, to talk to each other, communicate with each other. If there's something, you know, and if the person takes constructive criticism mm-hmm. and, uh, and you can take constructive criticism and figure out what's the best way to communicate with each other, where it's respectful and loving and caring and a hope and, um, and, uh, motivating, yeah. you know? So it's like, anyways. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So first let's talk about deal breakers. Deal breakers aren't red flags, like, whoa, this person has major issues, but um, everyone has little deal breakers that have to do with their lifestyle, and you want to find someone who you're not just compatible with physically, but also with your lifestyle and goals, similar interests, shared experiences. Um, Jason, I want to talk about deal breakers for you. Right now, I'll tell you a quick one for me. Mm-hmm. Um A deal breaker for me is people who focus on concerns that they have no control over, like politics, weather, the tattoos on the cocktail waitress at the bar. I mean, I've heard people complain about so much, and I can't believe it. Um, But Stephen Covey, he wrote that book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and he talks about our circle of influence and things that we can control to some degree, and the circle of concern, which is broader global concerns like war and poverty and welfare and politics, things like that. So for me, I really can't deal with people who have a focus on their circle of concern that they have no control over. I'm more attracted to people who focus on their circle of influence and circle of control and making their lives better and maximizing their potential. 
it just really stresses me out when we talk about a lot of bigger picture issues and um, speak of the world in black and white and all or nothing and overgeneralizations. Um, so for me, that is a deal breaker. Um, how about you? Well, I'm, I try to be pretty positive because positivity is a lot more infectious than negativity, you know? And so, it, obviously, if anybody's really negative out, right out of the gates about anything, um, or blame, they shift their they shift a lot of blame for whatever is going on in their life that might be negative. Um, and uh, you know, my ex my ex wife and I are still pretty uh, good friends, and she was upset this whole summer over uh, a contractor. <laughs> she was upset and obsessing over the contractor. Yeah, but in the end, you can't. There's this. What's done is done. Uh -huh. You can move forward with positivity and try to be and um, take that energy that's spent trying to to tr always put blame on somebody else mm -hmm. for whatever's happening in your life, and you can turn that, take that energy, and put it into how can I fix this problem? Yeah. How can you can put all that energy into being positive? And you know, when you have all this positive light and positive energy. Um, positive things happen to you. It's and the laws of yeah. attraction, you know? So yeah. it's like, mm -hmm. um, why don't you shift that energy and come up with a way to, um, to pivot and figure out how can I move forward and, and be productive instead yeah. of, uh, dwelling in my own self, um, you know, pity. Yeah. It's and unproductive. So, I it, just it, feel like it's a huge waste of yeah. time. And anytime and, you're and talking, I'm not talking about, bad about her, I'm just saying, no. She was going, she was struggling with a little yeah, stuff struggling. and I was, and I was trying to talk to her, um, and, and convince her to like, Hey, just turn, turn all that negativity into positive and you're going to something, something positive will come of this because you can't control you can't the past control that. exactly. that's out in the circle of concern that you can yeah. be concerned about it, but it's really not going to change. Yeah. And like you, like you said, you can't control, um, you know, uh, the way somebody drives their car in front of you or any of that stuff. Yeah. You can you can react to that, but you can't control what they do or how they maneuver their vehicle, you know? No. So it's like um you have to be able to maneuver in life uh and focus um positive energy, you know, like I just mm -hmm. said positive energy to um uh instead of all the negativity, you know. Yeah. Um a deal breaker for me another one would be um if I I am a father and if that person um, cannot, cannot cope. Like, um, I've had a previous partner where, um, they were struggling, uh, with my relationship with my son be, and they had not, they didn't have any children and they hadn't been married in the past. And it was, um, there was, I wouldn't say jealousy, but it was like, I put a lot of energy into him mm -hmm. a lot of times and I wasn't able to give her the energy that she needed. Yeah. And, and, and that's partly my fault too. I was trying to figure out myself, um, early, early stages of becoming single, you know, and, and trying to figure that out, but it was a growing, it was growing for both of us, you know? And so I figured out how to maneuver around that, you know, and, um, and once again, try to be more positive. And, um, and once again, if you're, if you, um, whatever energy you put out into the world, you're going to get it back tenfold. Mm -hmm. And you don't, it's not, you're not doing all this positive stuff to get the positive stuff back. Right. It's just going to happen. Right. You know? And so, um, and everybody has their peaks and their valleys, mm -hmm. you know? And I think sometimes we assume that the next person we're going to date is going to be like us. 
or like our ex. And sometimes they're nothing like us. You know, we can assume, well, they're going to love my son because I love my son, you know, or why would they be jealous? My last boyfriend wasn't jealous of my children, but everyone is so different. And that's why it is important to talk about some of the red, red flags that aren't just deal breakers, but they're total red flags because those give us an indicator of if we're headed down the right track. Yeah. Okay. So some red flags, um, people who are critical of you and want to change you. Well, I, like I was, we were saying earlier, I think, uh, self self criticism is good, but, um, you can't be critical of somebody else if you cannot take crit- criticism mm-hmm. yourself. You know what I mean? And so I guess what it boils down to is you, if you're with the right person, I feel like you shouldn't want to change them. Mm-hmm. You should accept them for who they are and uh, whether it's the good or the bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so And you're getting to know them. Right. So if someone's immediately trying to tweak you and change you, right. that's a red flag because they should just be trying to get to know you with curiosity. Right. Now, the criticism sometimes, it depends on how, how it's laid out. You know, if somebody is, uh, if they're pretty diplomatic about it, they're open to their own, to, to their own critique as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think some criticism is important and, but not, like negative criticisms, like some, like, Hey, um, maybe if you did this, I, you know, this would be, we would be happier. Or maybe if I did this, Mm -hmm. if I did this, maybe would, would be, could we be happier? I mean, there's ways to be, um, diplomatic about it and, and, uh, and, and issues constructively, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the criticism that you may want to give, you know what I mean? And so, and you have to be able to take it too. It's a two way street. And if your partner is using immature or mean communication to try to change you, like passive aggressive, that can, yeah, gaslighting, Google it if you don't know what that means, backhanded compliments or comments, then that's a red flag. If it hurts your heart or makes your heart sink, that's sad. Mm -hmm. I usually, I'm out. If you, you, uh, I was always told to have, uh, if you want to, if you want to issue out some sort of criticism, it's a compliment sandwich. Uh-huh. You know, you start out with a compliment, you know, and grease the skids a little bit and be like, oh, and also, you know, yeah, and then end with a compliment, mm-hmm. you know, um, like I said, this is a journey and nobody's perfect. And, um, yeah. but it, once again, if you're in a relationship or you're, um, exploring a new relationship, uh, just be patient with yourself and don't be hypercritical of them mm-hmm. yet until they start to show you these red flags. And if they can't take the criticism, if they've shown you these red flags and you've brought it up to them and you're communicating things that you need and they can't take that communication, you know what I mean? Then. Yeah. Maybe it's time to go out. And I like what you said about the compliment sandwich, because I want to know um, what I can improve. If someone comes into my patio or my podcast studio right now, my patio, my podcast studio, if I had a partner who came in here and saw how messy it was and offered to maybe help me clean it up and then take me for coffee, that would be really nice. That would right. be a nice compliment sandwich. You know, right. I love your podcast. It's kind of messy up in here. Why don't I help you with it sometime? Yeah, I'll help you fold your clothes. And- <laughs> 
Let's talk about a red flag when someone needs a lot of validation, maybe way too much communication. Um, they want to be your their whole world. They want you to be their whole world, or they want to be your whole world. Um, just too much dependence. So if you're listening and you're just on your podcast, unloading your dishwasher, thinking about your life, if any of these resonate with you and the relationship you're in right now, just maybe take a moment to think about it because sometimes we just, without thinking, we automatically get ourselves into situations. What do you think, Jason, about um, the too much dependence? I think a lot of that stems from self-confidence. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is um, lacking self-confidence, then they want to be um, validated. Because they feel unworthy. That could be it, yeah. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, if you're self-confident, you are worthy. Mm -hmm. No matter what anybody else thinks of you, mm -hmm. you are totally worthy. Yeah. And you don't have to be cocky about it. Mm -hmm. You just are worthy. And so, like, if you are, you, um, you're very, you're very, uh, open to, a, like I said, we were talking about earlier, constructive criticism, but at the same time is you don't necessarily need somebody to criticize you constructively because mm -hmm. in the end, you're just, you're super confident. You're just like, you're walking with your chin up and your shoulders back and you're just, um, you just sending it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that confidence is, a, is attractive. And if somebody lacks that confidence, it, it seems like it comes out in what you just said. And they may not be ready for a relationship because maybe they've been recently heartbroken. I yes. know after my divorce, I was not ready for a relationship. Someone told me the quickest way to get over your ex is to get under someone new. Yeah. And I was like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, everybody, um, heartache is, uh, is hard no matter who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, and some people bury it and they just, they move on, but eventually it comes back and it will bite you in the ass. And they could, they could be a very sweet person, but if they just need way too much validation, they might need to work on themselves. Exactly. They might just, no matter what you do, they might think something is wrong with me. They might have self doubt at the moment. Right. And sometimes if something's not working, it's not an invitation to take a battering ram and make it work. It's just not the right time. Not the right time. Exact timing is everything. You know, um, sometimes you meet the right person at the wrong time or the wrong person at the right time. So, yeah. I mean. Uh, and so that red flag of the too much dependence, that could just be right person, wrong time. Yeah. Maybe don't waste your time. So Jason and I were just talking about the fact that if you do have self-doubt right now, do not worry. You can cultivate confidence. Um, the point with our conversation earlier is just that you don't want to rely on your partner to give you that confidence. Right. You need to build it for yourself and cultivate it. Um, and one of my favorite motivational speakers, Mel Robbins, she wrote a book about cultivating confidence for yourself called The High Five Habit. And she just encourages people to go up to their mirror and high five themselves whenever you want. After a workout, in the morning when you wake up, you don't have to say like positive affirmations that you may not believe. Like, I am worthy. I am a good person. You can just high five the mirror. 
High Five Habit, Mel Robbins. And actually, what I love about her most is not her High Five Habit book or her um, motivational talks, which are also great, but it's her marriage and her relationship that I really admire. She's in her 50s. I'm in my 40s. So when I think about myself 10 years from now, and like you said, five years from now, why wait? Yeah. Maybe even five years from now, um, I could have what she has, which is a loving spouse and healthy, whole, well-adjusted children, which I have right now, but they're so little. They're like seven and 10. And she has young adults on her hands now. And everyone just seems so well-adjusted and happy. And that is what I admire most about Mel is just her life and her relationship with her husband. And, um, you know, I've been single for what feels like forever, but I feel like that saying, show me your friends, show me your future. It applies to a partner. Show me your partner, show me your future. It really is important who you choose to go through life with. So maybe we'll move on to some green flags. Sure. Relationship green flags. If somebody is a go, they might be trustworthy, compatible physically, respectful, a good communicator, patient, and respectful of your boundaries. I know I like to have downtime. I'm kind of an introvert. Um, and but so I would need somebody. If you don't that. communicate that with the prospective partner. Yeah, you're all about the communication. If you don't, if you don't communicate that. How would that partner know without like, you know, everybody just thinks that the other person just knows. That's a good point because we often think that the, our partner should read our minds. It's not true. You should be a, an effective communicator. Yeah. There's communication and then there's effective communicating. Yeah. And so um, if you can effectively do something, that means the other person is, uh, is absorbing it and processing it and figuring out a way how, how they can uh, meet your needs. Yeah. And I think I could ask for space without sounding bitchy, like, give me some space. Yeah. You know, there are sweet, loving ways. And Compliment the sandwich. And the reason we set boundaries is to keep people in our lives. Yeah. You know, if I set a boundary with a partner that I need some alone time, I'm not going to spend 48 hours with you every weekend. What if they need know? alone time? What if they have boundaries? Mm -hmm. So like you have to, if you have uh, a certain hard, fast lines, that you have not communicated with somebody, you probably need to make sure that they understand those uh, in a sweet way. You yeah. know what I mean? And they should do the same because, you know, if you have them, that means somebody else probably has them too. And I think you honest know? communication at the start of a relationship is so important because you could be with someone who's really great, but you could just be different people. If, you, yeah. if you're with someone who really wants to go out a lot, and you don't want to go out a lot, you're an introvert, that it might not work. It might not. Maybe they want to go out alone a lot or with their buddies, and then it would work. They can come home and hang out after. Yeah, I think um, over time, any relationship will get to the point where you want to go out with each other, <laughs> you know? Um, but everybody still needs their their girl time or their guy time. You yeah. Know? And that's pretty important. Um, and the other person should should once again if you effectively communicate this 
should be able to take construct, you know, take it constructively. Respect those boundaries. Exactly. I am having girl time. I am having me time. It's a tough, it's a two way, it's a double, it's a two way street. You know what I mean? It's uh, the door swings both ways. So if you expect somebody to, to do this for you, then you should understand that somebody, um, this person, if it's the right partner for you, will probably actually be very similar to you, and they'll have they'll have some time when they need yeah. to be um, with themselves, or maybe with their children, or with their friends and stuff. You know, so so the green flags exist, and they start flying when there's a really good balance, and yeah. you're, you feel comfortable communicating your need, and your partner communicates, and everything is nice and balanced. Exactly. So we were just talking about the one thing that you can say to yourself about all your exes, which is thank you. Yes. If you, I don't, I don't look back at any of them and want to shake my fist, even though some, some were uh, really good relationships and some were not so good. I, I really want to thank them for making me ready for the relationship that I'm in now. Yeah. And, um, and also I look at my partner and her previous relationships and I really want to pat them on the back or shake their hand. Totally. And I, uh, because obviously they have uh, conditioned her to know what she wants and, uh, and exude that confidence, um, what she wants and have helped put her in, in across my path at the time that it needed to be crossed. Yeah. You know, so like, um, really if I could shake every one of their hands, I would. Um, and I feel like you and your partner right now are full of green flags because you feel good about yourself when you're with each other. Oh my God. And yeah. we might have overanalyzed red flags on this episode today. I don't think we did. Um, but, you know, just go with your heart. If you feel good about yourself when you're with someone, then they're, they're worth sticking it out. And like you said, life isn't all full of roses and chocolate every day. People get sick. Yeah. People have setbacks and we're there for each other and we're just looking for the person that we're going to go through life with. It's not about everybody has <clears throat> rough times. It's not about how you navigate those rough times. It's, it's uh well, it's not about the rough times. It's how you navigate the rough times. It's how, yeah. how you push through those. And hopefully if you're in a good relationship, it's how you do it together. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so And in life it's not about the rough times. It's how we navigate rough times. It's how we navigate our life. We are the captain of our life. Yeah. Some people want to hand over that responsibility to their partner. Right. And kind of abdicate responsibility and give it up. And my partner's gonna take care of me and he's gonna fix everything. But no, we we take care of it. Yeah. We have to be um we have to have the confidence to, to to move forward in any way possible, to be productive, mm-hmm. to be happy, to be centered. You know what I mean? Productive and, in life and productive in a relationship. Right. And we have all that control. And my personal opinion is like, you look at yourself in the mirror, you are in control of your own feelings mm-hmm. and how you, how you accept other people around you. Yeah. If you're always upset or always like in a negative place, it's going to come out. Yeah. And you're going to attract those kinds of people. Yeah. And if you're attracting people full of red flags, write it down. If you listen to this podcast and you want to Google relationship red flags and write down some concerns you have, do it. Be aware of it. Move past it and get forward momentum toward 
healthy relationships. And it's something to consider because a lot of times fear can drive us into relationships more than our hopes, dreams, and desires. Um, and so... One last thing real quick before you, you, you pause. <laughs> I, I mentioned the laws of attraction, right? I love it. So, you know, if you envision yourself in, in something um, that's productive and loving and all this other stuff, you will will that upon yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're always like trying to point the finger in other directions or it's somebody else's fault or the right guy's not coming along. Focusing if you have, on that negative. If you're focusing on the negative, it will you'll you will attract the negative. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Yeah. You can just have the feeling of love and of having what you want before it even materializes in life. And that yeah. feeling, that vibe is going to attract love into your life. Exactly. I love you. I love my friends. I love my plants. I love my cat. I love my children. I love my students. And the point of me telling you how much I love everything is think about what you love because just that feeling is going to attract more love into your life. So if you're thinking about what you lack, I lack a partner, you know, that's not going to bring about your next opportunity to find true love and to find the person meant for you. If you listened to our long entire episode today, thank you so much. I hope you benefit from the discussion. You might want to take things a step further and Google John Gottman, J-O-H-N-G-O-T-T-M-A-N. John is a psychologist, researcher, and author who founded the Gottman Institute, and his life's work has involved taking a research-based approach to relationships and predicting with crazy accuracy the success of a partnership based on meeting a couple and assessing four main red flags in the couple's communication and relationship dynamics. The four red flags, or as John Gottman calls them, the four horsemen, that send a relationship downhill are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. So if you see these four red flags in a person and in their mannerisms with you, or how they interact with their kids, or their ex, or even their parents, pay attention. Don't ignore it. If someone's go-to focus, their mental focus, and their actions involve a lot of criticism or contempt, defensiveness, or stonewalling, pay attention. And by the way, stonewalling is just someone who, when they shut down and refuse to communicate, that is stonewalling. So if you'd like more information about relationship red flags, definitely look up the Gottman Institute. Thank you so much for listening this week, and I can't wait to be back here with you on the Dissolving Fear podcast. Have a great week.